All right, welcome to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today, I am speaking with Tima, who helps entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs and C-suite executives converge their emotional intelligence with their social presence so that they can become thought leaders in their niche and ultimately create a lasting impact on people's lives. She's also a speaker covering topics like the power of choice, the rise of the entrepreneur, and how to start the right business. But above all, she is a stunning human with such a beautiful energy and someone I am so excited to chat with. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. What a beautiful introduction. I'm the one that's excited to be on the show. And uh, and as I was saying earlier, I feel really, really blessed. So thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. It's just been such a fun journey. You never know where where life will go, or where the path will lead you. But I mean, just through mutual connections, uh, Hala, actually, she's been on the show in the past, has put us together. And like you were sharing, there's just a, a beautiful energy and a connection that we share. So it's, I just, it, this stuff makes me smile. You know, you're in the right line of work when these connections start to form. So I'm super grateful to have you. I completely agree. It's, it is, it's, uh, it's one of those things that you, you really just, you don't experience all the time, but when it does come through, you think, okay, I've got to take care of this and, and nurture it. So it, it's, it's a hundred percent the same from, from my direction too. Amazing. Well, same question that everyone gets on this show to kick things off. It's the lightest question of all, and it's just, who are you? <laughs> who am I? What defines you? <laughs> what defines you? Is that, is that the lightest question, did you say, Mark? <laughs> Such a big question. Um, who am I? Well, I, okay, That's it. anytime anyone asks me that question, I feel like I can answer it, but then... I don't feel like I can answer without having to really deeply think about it in the moment. So who am I? I would say that, or I am saying that I am someone who is literally full of love. I genuinely live and thrive through love and, um, and just really surrounding myself with love in many different forms. And, uh, and I, and I, am the kind of person that just constantly wants to exude that love with people around me that I genuinely care about and want to see thrive, but also for myself too, because it's something that helps me continue to grow as a person. And I'm very, very focused on wanting to improve myself on a daily basis. So I see myself as um, a bit of an evolution Mm. Uh, just wanting to continue to grow and evolve on a daily basis, um, but actually do that through love as as cliche or as hippie-ish as that may sound. Um, I think the older that I'm getting, I'm realizing that love is literally just everything, you know, everything. putting love I into agree. your work, love into your family, loving to yourself. It, it really is the key to so many things. Thank you. I mean, I know obviously not an easy question. And the whole reason I asked that is to avoid job titles and because we're going to get into your work, obviously, but I love to under or to start with, you know, who the person is. And having shared conversations, I'm not at all surprised at how you answered that. It's it's beautiful. Where where does that love where did that love come from? Were you raised with that, you know, mentality or that 
value of life, I guess you could say? I thought that that's how it all really starts for a majority of us, doesn't it really? I mean, that's, that's, it's a natural foundation for us as humans. We were born with that within us. Um, I think for myself, mainly just through my own personal development journey, especially in the last, I would say, five to 10 years, just really understanding what that actually means, because it's not just one word that you can just define with a statement or a sentence. It it just embodies so many different things. And it probably stems more from self-love at the moment. And that's something that I'm really delving a lot more into. That's not to say that I didn't understand what it meant, but I did throughout different stages in my life, but I was a different person in those stages and I was looking for different things. But I feel that I'm getting a lot more closer and closer to what love means for me within myself, especially. And, uh, and that's really where it all comes from. Because if I, if I honor myself and if I have that love within myself, then that love is just going to naturally just come through in everything that I do, in the way I I interact with my family, my friends, clients, anyone really, or just showing up and, and just being that human and just showing up that way. So for me, it's still something that I feel I will always explore, to be honest, Mark. I don't think love is just one definitive, finite, you know, explanation or experience. I think it, it is one of those things that continues to change and evolve as you grow because our perception of life changes, the way we see the world changes. And naturally the, the definition of love you would hope would expand as you continue to grow. And that's the feeling that I'm getting. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I think just even how you answer, you know, a a who are you question is it's the same thing that, that evolves over time. Uh, there's usually like baseline characteristics, obviously, that are consistent. But uh, you know, I, I really believe we're we're just a constant evolution. I mean, we're taking in all the inputs and the knowledge and the experience, and and then also at the same time, I feel like going deeper and deeper within. So uh, it's beautifully said, Tima. Thank you. And how uh, I'm curious is a little bit more of a practical question because I imagine many listening, myself included. Um, have done work in this space or are interested in increasing or boosting that self-love. I mean, easier said than done. So I'd love to know how you do that or what has helped along your journey since this is a place that you're, seems like you're exploring further and further right now. Yeah, I, I thought I figured it all out like three years ago, to be honest, Mark. I'm like, <laughs> yes, I figured life out, finally. Yeah. <laughs> now I can just continue to conquer and build and dominate. Um, but that's not the case. I mean, that's not to say that I failed in any way because I haven't. Um, but for me, it's uh, it, it really just started from really just being in such a dark place a few years ago and not being able to feel my intuition or sense it anymore. Mm. And that really, really scared me. And and for me, um, the starting point, if anybody is curious about, you know, what is self-love? I mean, in the end, it really just comes back to how you define it for yourself. I really do believe that, but it's really honoring your soul and also listening to yourself. And that's a really hard thing to do, especially 
in the life and the time that we live in right now. There's so much noise, whether it be actual noise that we can hear or, or see, our own thoughts. Uh, we're constantly distracted all the time. And I know that for myself, my my starting point was listening to my intuition. I didn't know that that was a starting point for, for the self-love process. But now when I think about it in hindsight, that that was my starting point. Because if I was, um, if I wasn't listening to my intuition, then I wasn't aligned and that created a lot of misery and chaos and despair and, and sadness and all of these things that I was feeling a few years ago. So that, that is definitely a starting point. And once you, cause it's a skill, especially if you've forgotten how to do that, or you've lost that feeling of how to tune into your intuition, um, I kept reminding myself that I just need to teach myself how to do that again. And that's really where it all started, Mark. Like that's, that's the truth. That's where it all began. It's amazing because even, I, I think, you know, I've been, I've been working on a book on this side and happy to say I'm nearing the completion of the first draft. So hmm. virtual high five back to myself. <laughs> it's a hell of a ride. But but in going through that process, you know, even just trying to sort out how to structure the the three parts of the book, which really just surfaced not too long ago. So, you know, a, a fair ways into actual writing, but it all came out to this flow of getting clear, being intentional in the way we live, which then essentially unlocks this exponential possibility or opportunity or expansion. But you can't skip that clarity part, which I feel like many of us do. And as you're, you were replying to that question, I heard a lot of the, you know, listening, right. And like not ignoring, um, what's coming up and, and the fact that you, the trigger for you was this, this, I, I can't imagine that it is a scary thought to, to not feel or, or hear the intuition anymore. Um, which is so true for a lot of people, myself included, having gone through some you know, wild failed businesses and all that kind of stuff. We, we get into this survival mode and things are masks essentially. And we, we just plow through, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's so important to listen. So what's just to provide some context, like what Tima, what, what's your story been or what's your journey been? How does this, how does all this, uh, you know, the love and intuition and really working from this place actually roll into the work that you're doing today? Yeah, so uh, my my starting point for my career was in the finance industry, and I was in the finance industry for I think around sixteen plus years, just over sixteen years, and um, and for a long, long time. Well, firstly, when I started the, my my career, um, it's a bit of a funny story. Actually, I don't think many people really know, but I've always been really, really, very, very driven extremely driven from a very young age, financially driven. I've always wanted to be this powerful like businesswoman uh, and wanting sure. to create massive impact in the world. Not that I knew what that meant as a child, but as a kid, I knew that I was going to do something amazing. Like from such a young age, I, I had this feeling, but as you know, you don't really know what that actually means or looks like um, until you sort of start to explore and grow up a little bit more. And But working in the finance industry, I literally 
I was in a, um, I was in a, one of my first full-time jobs, mind you, I was, I was studying full-time obviously. And I did a double degree in, in university and I'm like, why should I wait until I finish my uni? I I will just start working now. And so (laughs) I changed my course to studying at night so I could work full-time and I started working in the shipping industry and I realized that I was kind of like capped at how much I could generate in terms of an income. Like, well, this isn't good enough. I can't do this. And, uh, then I went on to, um, this website to look for the highest paying job (laughs) in Australia at the time. It was financial financial planning. I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a financial planner and imagine all the rich people that I'll be surrounded by myself by with, um, you know, they can be my friends and I can learn from them. And, um, this is going to like, this is it. This is going to be like the key to my success. <laughs> so it's, it's so cute when I think about it. Cause I was so young, I was about 19 at the time. And, um, it was, look, it was definitely the reason to get into financial planning. So it wasn't like this lifelong dream of wanting to do what I was doing. And then as I got into the industry, um, I just kind of like got stuck. You just get stuck, especially when you're in the banks and it's sort of this sort of vortex, this this black hole that you just continue to allow yourself to get sucked into. And uh, before I knew it, I got to a point in my life where I'm like, it's not really what I want to do, but like, what else am I going to do? You know, this is before social media was a big thing and before YouTube was such a big thing. And life just seemed so much more, well, it is what it is. Like, that's what you do. And you study uni and you, you get a full-time job. And my parents at the time being Lebanese, you know, they, they're so proud of their children. They don't introduce you by your name, by the way. They're like, this is my second child who is a senior financial planner at blah, 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 blah. So it was like this, (laughs) this full of, you know, um, uh, pride. And I'm like, God, my parents really love introducing me as this senior financial planner. And, um, (laughs) and it was also always a big part of me that was like, well, I can never destroy that for them. You know, I just can't do that to them. So I continued for a long time. And, uh, and then I ended up, um, having my daughter Zara in 2010 and she uh, was a little bit unwell when she was first born. So we didn't really know what was going on with her health. And I ended up uh, completely taking my full maternity leave uh, because I wanted to be home. And then I took a break from the financial planning industry and it was a really good thing. It kind of gave me a little bit of clarity around you know, what my skill set is and what I really wanted to explore. And I set up a fashion label from scratch. I don't know if you know that, Mark, but I um, basically. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I set up a fashion label, you know, just, just like, that's just what you do. You leave financial planning, you have a child, you're like, yeah, you know what, I'll set up a fashion label. Why not? (laughs) Had no idea what I was doing, Um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, But in the process, about two years into that, Uh, I had some clients that I used to work with that actually reached out to me on LinkedIn and they said, Tima, you were meant to come back, but you never did. Can you take care of us? And so I set up my own practice so I could continue to look after some of my clients that I used to look after when I was at the banks. And uh, when I was pretty excited doing that, but going back into it, um, I was like, oh my gosh, like this feeling of this darkness just kind of like 
came through and and I just thought I was just being overworked because I was looking after my daughter and I had my fashion label then I had my financial planning business and I was running networking groups across um, Melbourne to help support women in business and I was doing all of these like amazing things and I just thought I'm just being overworked but I just kept putting it off putting it off putting it off and uh and really what was the the tipping point was for me was, um, well, even before that, like the truth is, Mark, I just kept going because I was good at it and I was making money and I was thinking, well, what else am I actually going to do? I really don't know what else I can do with my life. And by then I had already closed the fashion label down because it wasn't something that I wanted to continue full time. And it wasn't something that really kind of lit me up anymore. But what that, that business taught me was, passion and knowing that you need to have some kind of love or passion for something to want to continue to do it in full force, if that makes sense. So I never had really experienced that feeling until I set up my fashion label. So when I went back to the financial planning business, it was like, I wasn't excited. Like, even if I signed up a big deal. It was not something exciting to me. And I'm like, what's wrong with you team? I'm like, this is amazing. You, you are coming across as so ungrateful. Like this is an incredible opportunity, but it just didn't light me up anymore. And I just kept ignoring it, Mark. That's exactly what happened. And then before I knew it, I, I would say not that I was technically or medically diagnosed for it, but I was in a very depressive kind of state and it was a very, very dark time in my life. And what made things a lot more challenging was we had so many miscarriages throughout that process as well. Mm-hmm. And that was really devastating for many, yeah. many things. And, and I'm sure that anyone out there who either has a family or is trying for a family and have experienced that it's just not, it's not a, not a good time. And it happens. So, so my wife and I went through that as well. And going through that process, you start to then realize how many others go through this and you have no idea. You think of miscarriages as this like anomaly that doesn't happen to very many people, but it's it's like almost the norm for, for is what I learned in this. And it's so, it's so, so challenging. It's so true. And what made me realize even more is what a miracle it is to actually fall pregnant and go through an entire yeah. pregnancy with nothing going wrong. And also one thing that I also realized, I didn't realize it was going to affect me so much. I just thought, well, you have a miscarriage, then you try again and then mm-hmm. it's okay that emotionally I never thought that it would affect me the way it did, but it did. And when I was really, I guess, feeling all these emotions and I was really questioning my my existence, like what am I on this earth for? Like why am I actually here? Why are all these things happening? Why have I lost so many pregnancies? Like what is actually going on here? Why am I feeling so sad all the time? Why am I not excited about my life? Like I've got everything. Why, why am I not happy? And I, this may sound a little bit crazy because I've had people say to me, but no, you shouldn't be saying that. But this is what actually helped me. I looked at the miscarriages and I thought I need to 
take responsibility for at least one of those losses. It sounds like I'm blaming myself. Hmm. I know I'm, I'm, I'm smart enough to understand that sometimes medically things just go wrong and the body just rejects a pregnancy or it's just not meant to be. And I understand that, but I needed to take responsibility for something for it to feel real. If that makes sense, Mark, I needed to feel alive again. And I said, okay, I'm responsible for one of these miscarriages. And in my head, I decided that the last miscarriage was the one that I could have potentially caused if that, if that makes sense. And I thought, okay, if I'm going to go down this path, why do I want to take responsibility? That responsibility came from not allowing myself to live the life that I've always wanted to live and ignoring who I am and how I feel and how I want to show up in the world in, in, in the powerful way that I've always wanted to be, that I was living my life for everyone else. And I know I'm not the only one that goes through this. We all go through this, but you've got to remember too, Mark, you know, coming from a Middle Eastern background, as much as I love being Middle Eastern, I'm very proud of it. You get quite a lot of, you know, unspoken responsibilities that come with that, which means that some things are taken away from you uh, without even realizing which comes, which comes with that is choice as well, you know, choosing to do things in your life. And, um, and that's not to say my parents set out to destroy me or anything. You know, they, they just did what they knew. Do you know what I mean? Then they did what they thought was right. So, uh, so when I made that decision to say, okay, I'm now responsible for one of these miscarriages, what am I going to do about this? And that's where my real evolution started, Mark. That's where I said, okay, I'm now going to show up in a much more powerful way and I'm going to be find a way to be aligned with who I am. I didn't know who I was. I really didn't. I knew that I was uh, a mother. I knew that I was a wife at the time. I knew that I was this senior financial planner. I knew that I was you know, my parents' daughter, but that was it. It was just labels for other people. And I didn't know how to live for myself. It was really, really a very dark, dark time. And so the starting point for me was I knew that my intuition was there, but it was on mute. It was like getting the remote button and clicking mute, but trying to get it back was really, really tough. And I'm like, okay, I need to now stop and listen, not ask anybody for anything and just do things myself as simple as deciding what, what we're having for dinner. Like, I know that sounds silly, but it was like, I'm taking responsibility for everything. I don't care how small it is and I don't care how big it is. I'm not interested in anybody's opinion anymore. I'm only interested in myself. And that was really hard for me to do because that goes beyond my nature. I'm all about giving and pleasing people and taking care of people. So that was a really, really, really tough decision to make. Well, I hear it coming back to like how this whole conversation started around love, right? And self-love. And I can't help but think as you're describing your journey, there's, there's a lot of heaviness there. There was a lot to process and uh deal with obviously and it it, it almost feels like that love and that self-love just kept getting pushed down further and further and further until 
you know, essentially you couldn't feel it at all. And you got to a point where you flipped, you know, I don't, I don't wish, um, any miscarriages on anyone. I totally understand, um, how challenging of a situation that is, but you found some way to flip it, which has obviously led you into where you're at right now, which, which is inspiring. And I, and I hope uh, for anyone that's, that's been going through that, you know, can, can leave at least with the comments of, first of all, you're not alone. And secondly, there, there is hope, right? Of course, there's always hope that that's how we, that's how we live our life. When you think about it, Mark, you know, when things go bad, we should always have that little bit of hope that things will continue to get better. And, and just quickly on the miscarriage, um, I don't think I explained it correctly. The reason why I said I'm taking responsibility is because our body speaks to us, right? Like our body yeah. carries trauma. And because I was ignoring myself for so long, I interpret it in the way that, well, my body is rejecting something. Something's not right here. And I think it's because I'm rejecting myself. And it's coming through, unfortunately, with some of these losses. And one of those losses is because I'm rejecting myself and who I am and the person that I want to be. So I just wanted just to clarify that. But in terms of hope, 100%, we, we need to have hope, especially like, for example, 2020. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we, hope is like the only thing we have right now. Do you know what I mean? It's like we for just sure. want things to get better. And if we didn't have that hope or that little bit of faith, then we, we, we would be living in a very different state. So, yeah, I agree. And and I think just even going back to, you know, what you shared about, uh, what you were rejecting in yourself. I mean, you, you can, there, there's a lot of disease and especially chronic disease that shows up physically due to Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would say the majority of what we're what we're holding onto inside, or we're not expressing, or whatever the case is. So it's it's definitely there's definitely a huge link there um, when it comes to stress and inflammation and just disease, right? So the more we can go inwards, and and it doesn't have to all be done overnight, obviously, but more we can self discover and pull in some of the practices and the tools and whatnot. Um, a we feel better usually get healthier, uh, and we can help more people, right? Oh my gosh, of course. Like it's such a beautiful feeling to help other other people. And I think to be in a place where you can do that just unconditionally, you really need to understand who you are. And I feel that when it comes from that place and you do it in a way that is completely free from everything else, that's where real impact can be made, even in small ways, definitely. Yeah. Which leads to some of your latest, uh, latest projects. You've got a, a podcast relaunching that we should talk about. I mean, you've interviewed <laughs> yeah. some pretty exceptional humans in the past, like Grant Cardone and Mark Randolph from Netflix. I mean, it's not like you're a rookie in this space, yeah. <laughs> but why don't you share a little bit um, about the, the latest project you're working on? Yeah, well, talking about evolution, Mark, um, when I first set up the podcast, that was actually my new career, by the way. So when I left financial planning, when I went through that whole evolution of what am I going to do with my life, um, the podcast was actually my my focus. And that's when I first started LinkedIn, by the way, Mark, when I first started promoting okay. my, my actual podcast. And that's where everything else kind of blew up from there. Um, yeah. 
And I had an interview. I was interviewing someone quite big in, in May of this year. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Mark. Oh my gosh. It was such a moment. And I'm like, I need to stay calm and stay professional. But in, in the interview, I could just feel my guest. And I've never, ever felt this before with any of my guests before. I could just feel that he just was not excited about the interview. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, there's no way that I can fix this because I wasn't excited about the interview. (laughs) Not because of him. him. He's an incredible human. It was like, I had this moment of, oh my God, I sound like everybody else. I am Mm -hmm. asking the same questions. I am following other people's footsteps. I'm not really... I'm not really asking the questions that I want to ask. And I felt like it was not that interview happened for a reason. I mean, I don't think that'll ever be released because it was not a good interview. And I want to interview this person again out of respect because I just didn't give them what they really wanted um, in the end. And I had this moment of, oh, my God, like I feel like I've really outgrown what I've already done and I'm not congruent with really what I want to achieve on my podcast. And, um, and it took me a couple of months to make a decision about what I was going to do with it. And I thought, okay, I need to be okay with creating a new one. Like it's okay. You know, I've evolved as a person. This started from my previous starting point and now I've moved on and I've grown and I have a new focus and I really want to have really deep conversations with people. How did it feel coming to that? Realize, like, what were you feeling in the moment when the realization was coming up? Well, in the interview, you? I was just firstly trying to salvage. The <laughs> yeah, <thing>. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to honor the person that that agreed to spend, you know, x amount of time out of their life for me to interview them. Um, and uh, and then when that ended, I was I felt I actually felt really terrible for a few days. I was like thinking about it constantly. And I'm like, okay, this has happened. So what am I going to do with this? And my thought thinking process was okay, obviously I'm not enjoying it. So why am I not enjoying it? And it was just like asking myself these questions. It's because I'm not really asking the questions that I really want. I'm not really delving into those really deep conversations that I would normally have in the real world. Like, why can't I incorporate that in a podcast? Why does it always have to be around money? Why does it always have to be around, you know, yeah, um, all those things, you know, the 10 steps to how to become a billionaire in 15 days. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not really a sure. conversation that I always want to have. Of course, I love talking about money, but I don't want to sound like everyone else. And that's that was what was going on in my head. I'm like, okay, how do I change it? And it goes back to that conversation that we had earlier on is going back to your own intuition. And my intuition was telling me, this is not working and you need to do something different. And it has to be a brand new starting point. And I was really, I was like, do I need to do that? Like, do I really need to create a brand new podcast? And I'm like, yes, I do. I have to have to give it a new name. Even the name of my current pot or my old podcast team of the podcast, which sounds so creative, like where did we get the name team from and (laughs) the podcast? Um, but, But that kind of just came from, uh, uh, when I first came up with the concept of having my podcast initially. Sure. 
I had asked a few people that I knew, uh, these are the names I'm thinking of calling my podcast. And my original name was meant to be Deconstructed Entrepreneur. And they're like, why would you call it that? That's such a bad name. It doesn't make any deconstructed. Like what kind of a word is it? Such a long word. And it just kind of like made me think and go, oh, okay, well, they know better because they're successful. So I should just listen to what they said. And they just said, just name it anything. It doesn't matter, but just not that. I'm like, okay. So I just said, okay, let's just call it Team of the Podcast. And the funny thing is, Mark, when I would interview these people in real life, because a lot of it is filmed, I would never say welcome to team of the podcast because I just felt like a loser saying that it just never felt good. <laughs> welcome to so team of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, your so- name is beautiful though. I mean, I, I do resonate with that, but it's, inter- <laughs> it's interesting how you had that reaction, right? Like, yeah, wow. I, know. I know. It's like, why, why did I have such an issue with it? It just, because it was like, I'll just name it team of the podcast. And then when people say, what's the name of your podcast? I'm like, Tima, the podcast, like, but I can't find it on Apple. I'm like, oh, just type in Tima. It was like this complicated conversation. And, um, and so anyway, so I stuck with it for a while and then I thought, you know what? I can now call it whatever I want now. Like I'm a big girl. I can decide (laughs) in terms of whatever name I want to give it. And so I still love the word deconstruct and I love the word success. So it's called deconstructing success and it's, it's going to be not just around business. Definitely business is a huge focus on it, but it's going to be around really deconstructing the mindset of the person behind the success. But we'll be talking about so many different things, not just business, but just the, you know, much like yourself, Mark, you know, the human side of, of, mm-hmm. of, of the individual, but I really want to um, delve into places that hopefully that they may have never really talked or shared about before. So for for me, that was kind of like my thinking behind it all. Um, But it was very scary, Mark, to be honest, because I'm like, what what are people going to think about this? And you do, you do worry about what people think. I know people say, don't care what people think, but when you've built a brand and when you've built a, a community of people, of course you feel like you owe something to them and that you owe listening to what they think sometimes. So um, so it was very, very scary for me to make that decision, but it's going to happen, Mark. It's going to happen. Yes. <laughs> I I am rooting for you here in Canada and everyone listening as well. It's but it's so true. I mean, we're I mean, we're so hard on ourselves. I mean, and you're super modest. I mean, when you talk about community, last time I checked, there's nearly a hundred thousand people following on LinkedIn. So it's not like <laughs> a small little community. So I totally uh, get where you, I don't get where you're coming from because I don't have that community on LinkedIn, but I understand, you know, some of the, um, the mental narrative that must be looping. But Mm -hmm. I think what's key is that the the show is going to come out and you know what, it's like, we need, we, we all need that contrast in life as long as we don't get stuck in the loop and, you know, are um, forced into inaction, which is, which is not your case. So I'd love to know, though, you know, just as someone that um, has a big community that is running um, a great business, about to launch a, a new show, like what are what are your mental fitness practices kind of a, on a day by day or week by week basis to keep 
Well, A, I guess keep your mind tuned into your intuition because that's been a really big theme in, in your life and connected to that love and just keeping, you know, your head clear so you can see those next steps. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I require, like for my for my own mindset is things need to feel exciting. If they don't feel exciting to me, I I just don't naturally gravitate toward it. So I need to make things exciting. I set little challenges for myself. I um, like, for example, this is going to sound so nerdy, but you'll get this mark. Like if I do my tasks for the day, my, my actual reward is to email the people that I want to interview on my podcast. <laughs> like I know that sounds really geeky, but it. it's kind of like my reward because I get a real thrill out of reaching to pe- reaching people that I would never dream of being able to have on my podcast, but I do it anyway because it's kind of like my little reward. But Mm -hmm. um, my mental health is really important, to be honest. So I really, really focus on that. And I really focus on um, being active. I'm not saying I'm an athlete in any way, uh, but I do – I do enjoy exercising and going for long walks and really taking care of myself in that way. Um, And – and having goals for myself that really mean something to me, I have to be connected to to my goals, and I have to feel excited about them, and I have to feel that there that there is a realness to it. And I have big goals, Mark. You know, uh, I I am excited about the things that I want to achieve, and and they're the things that I really focus on a on a day to day basis. But in terms of my mental fitness too, I really try and surround myself with people that are equally as driven, that are equally as generous because you need to be around generous people, Mark. I'm sure you know, yeah. and I'm sure many of the people that are listening, it's the worst when you're around people that are that are successful or have the things that you want but aren't willing to talk about or aren't willing to share or aren't willing to help. And, uh, and I like to surround myself with people that are very much like myself that want to help others and they're not you know, concerned about competition or anything like that. It's all about helping and lifting each other up. And, and this is why you and I get along so well, Mark. So that's why you're in my life. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So mutual. It's, uh, I mean, those are all great. It's, you know, it's just, it's coming back to the basics, right, of people and community and, you know, time to think on long walks and whatnot. It's, uh, I think we make this stuff so challenging and complex in our mind, right? Especially with there's so much technology and apps and this and that that we can use. But like, we've got to go back to the fundamentals and just create some space so we can actually think and live. Especially when you're a creative person, uh, you need to do that. And uh, you absolutely need to do that. So definitely, I agree. Yeah. Well, I have to get your, I mean, you left some awesome prompts. I definitely want to, and we can definitely use these, but if you have some key reflective questions that either you journal on or, you know, during those walks or during big life situations, it, it doesn't matter. But are there any questions that come up in your life over and over again that you find useful in, you know, deconstructing, uh, I'll use your language, deconstructing, (laughs) you know, where you're at, I guess, or to make these decisions. Oh, one of the first questions that I obsess over and, and, and for anyone that's a parent would totally understand this is like, what are my, what are my actions teaching my child? (laughs) What am I teaching her Uh, in terms of like, what is the message that she's interpreting from how I am 
and how I'm showing up and how I'm managing things and communicating and all of those sort of things. So that's definitely one of the questions. Uh, and, uh, and whether she thinks I'm a cool mum, but we all know she doesn't think I'm cool. She's told me that (laughs) before. So, um, and the other question is how can I continue to improve myself? Uh, I'm such a personal development addicted person. Like I just love personal development. I love growing. I love knowing that I'm growing and I love knowing that tomorrow I'll be a different person than I am today. It's all very exciting to me. And so, you know, what can I do today to improve myself? And I'm not saying, you know, let's learn a new language in a week. I mean, which would be amazing, but just one extra thing that I could do a little bit better today. And, uh, and I really, really, that's another question that I ask, um, myself as well. And the other question is, uh, whatever choice or decision I've made, is that going to bring me closer and closer to my vision and my bigger goal and my mission in life? And they're the three questions that I usually ask myself. Those are great. I love that. I love the first, I mean, being a dad myself, um, such a great question because they're, they're, I mean, they really, they see it all. You, you can, you can see they them see obviously. Everything. <laughs> see all, all, the, they, all the areas you don't want them to see, like yeah. in terms of your emotions and your soul, <laughs> they see everything. <laughs> they're, they're a literal mirror in front of you, which is always amazing. It doesn't matter what the age is, right? It's, it's wild. So Tima, my last, <laughs> my last question for you, because I want to respect your time. It's just, you know, all said and done, uh, business aside, just like life aside, like what makes you smile each day? Uh, other than ice cream and food, what makes me smile Ooh. each day? Yeah. I know I love ice cream. Um, honestly, I just looking at how my daughter is evolving, it, it just brings me so much joy. I just love seeing the human that she's just growing into every single day. I'm just so proud of her. I'm just so, so proud of her. She's such a, she's such an inspiration to me. And I just look at her and I, it makes me happy because I'm like, I look at her and I think, are you really like, are you really my child? Like I get to be your mum. Like I was chosen to be your mum. It could have been anyone else, but yeah. I'm your, like I'm your mum and you're my child, you're my child. And that makes me so happy just knowing that she's a happy girl within herself and she has that beautiful inner peace that I always wanted growing up, but she has that from such a young age. It just makes me so happy, Mark. It really, really does. I feel like I'm at least I may not be a cool mum according to her because I can't do TikTok (laughs) as well as she can, but I know that I've done something well enough to know that I've given her a little bit of inner peace, which is something that, you know, we all all want to achieve in our life. Um, and not many people get to experience it, but if, if, if she's 10 and she's already feeling it, then I'm pretty happy. That is beautiful. And I, I mean, I think she's super lucky to have you as a mom. We're super lucky to have this conversation. And I think the world in general, is very lucky to have the love that you put out there. I'll, I'll bring this full circle on how you answered the who are you question. Because, I, I mean, I had w- not knowing how you're going to answer that, my question to you at one point was going to be, where does that warm, loving soul come from? So it, it shows up. You know, we haven't known each other that long, but we've obviously had a nice connection. And 
that love shows up and it's a beautiful gift that you're offering to this world. So thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. I've had such a, I feel like this has been such a great start to my day having this conversation. So thank you. Thank you.